welcome to another episode of Sweetwater Project presented by TSR. I'm Christine and I'm with Sarah and Surya. And we are here to talk about Riverdale episodes two to five. Now I know that sounds like a lot, um, but we're, we're actually gonna jump right into it. So let's start with Archie being in prison. Yeah, it, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it sucks. <laughs> the, hits just, the hits just keep on coming for Archie. Like, just one right after the other. He cannot win. Well, if he would have just not gone with the plea deal, he would probably be in prison. Like, you know, that's just me. I just, the, okay, so that first episode was just so, like, everyone was on edge. But then I'm like, we saw the preview. We knew he went to jail. So why were we all surprised that he took the plea deal? Don't know. But, you know, great writing and acting. Made everyone forget that part. Um, this is true. But, <laughs> yes, Archie is in prison. And it's it's weird because he's a good kid. And he just got, you know, he just got pulled in. But at the same time, the prison is weird. Like, it. It has so many not usually sanctioned activities. I have no idea. I, I mean, Riverdale. Yeah. I guess That's our new answer to everything. Riverdale. <laughs> everything. Okay. The lights turn off. Riverdale. <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it is weird, though. Like, I, I don't think, well, I personally obviously have not been to jail myself. But sure. it's just, <laughs> I feel like a lot of, like, crappy shit going on in that jail and it's it's a juvenile center guys like these are kids they shouldn't be dealing with this much crap yeah it's not even real prison it's like it's 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 a bunch of under 18 year olds and so like they should be running around hormonal but instead they're being put into like fight squads like what it's riverdale (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is it guys it's just because it's riverdale yeah, but like speaking of like the underground bike club, what do you think is going on with that? It is so weird. I mean, when it's when we realized stuff about the bike club, it was I I one hundred percent was just like literally what the fuck. And this yeah. show angers me beyond comprehension because no one was expecting an underground bike club. You know, like I can see, you know, Archie fighting with other inmates and stuff like that that's that happens in every prison but for this for them to have an entire thing an underground fight club in some pool looking place and you have all these people coming in and betting like these are children they're kids they don't deserve this and then it's just like some of them do get killed and they don't deserve to get killed and they're taken away from their parents they're not allowed to see family members, and I get it, like, God forbid they tell their family member about the prison, I mean, about the Underground Fight Club, or, like, they their family members see any of the punches, but, mm-hmm. like, to me, it's just, like, it can only happen in Riverdale, because if you can't see your kid, like, Fred can't see his son, and he's trying to find, like, legal ways so that he can, and, like, in a normal place, that wouldn't be, I don't, I hope that wouldn't be allowed. Right. Well, to begin with, the first rule of Fight Club is to not talk about Fight Club, so we've already broken that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's, un- it, it's for ch- it's, it, there's children involved. 
we're not in the Fight Club, so it's okay. How do you know? Okay, we're okay. Okay, I guess I you are. I did punch I a bitch. We just don't. I could be. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> but like, no, I mean, Archie, like he didn't have he didn't have a choice. It was. Like, this is how it's going to be, and we dare you to fight us on this, because either way, you're going to be fighting. And he's the new mad dog, and it was a crappy situation, and I get where he was coming from, and I think that, given the circumstances, he probably made the best decisions. Um, yeah. I, mean, I can't, I can't yeah. say what I would have done in that situation, because it was just, it was the baddest of the bad. Like, there was no real right answer but if there was one i think he got just about as close as he could get no you're completely right on that because the fact of especially when this started i was scared that archie would change and he would become this like really hard rough-shelled person with you know ptsd of his time in prison but he did it he went in the opposite direction of like he knows he can fight he knows he can win but he's not going to beat on everybody else. He's going to let them do it and then just do that final knockout punch. And honestly, that's just like he he has grown a lot. He's taking responsibility and he's making sure to keep. I think it's like what FP was saying, like, you know, keep your head. And that's what he's doing. Sure, he did see images of his dad in prison. May not have been the most same thing, but, you know, the rest of it seems pretty good. That's true. For someone who said that Archie is so immature for taking that plea deal, if I think about it now, he did grow a lot during his, I guess, short time there. Was good. Prison does that. Yeah. <laughs> Prison does that. You're right. <laughs> like, well, I, know. And I, think, I think, too, that, like, he's finally getting to the point where he's learning that okay maybe i don't need to guilt trip myself into being here maybe i need to stop punishing myself now yeah, yeah. i mean if you got it to that point i'm all for it the part where he was like okay i'm ready to break out i think that was where he stopped feeling sorry for himself and he was like no this isn't cool we gotta go and he he's still archie like he's still trying to save people but in like a good way you know, and you can see, especially when they were trying to do the original prison break, that he thinks about it first. And it's just because mm-hmm. everyone's like, we got to do it right now, right now, that he's kind of like cracking under pressure. He's like, okay. But you can see that like growth in him where he really considers not doing it because he's assessing the actual damage, the actual consequences and all of that. And that's just, that's a lot of growth. Yeah, I know for sure. But yeah, but now now he's now he's escaped and now he's on the run. So what now? Okay, so there's so many aspects of that. I mean, I love how they broke him out of jail. You know, all the kids got involved. I love that Veronica found out about the Fight Club. I was a little scared yeah. because she's been she's been above board, I guess, for a lot of it. She's been making sure to keep herself clean. But then she's starting to get into a sticky situation with promising a deal of whatever it is to that kid who's obviously part of the underground. And But it's good because she sees what's going on with Archie and they plan this big escape, which is so great. And I loved that Hiram was there to see it happen. Like he's really seeing 
how hardcore his daughter is right now. I mean, he's probably not happy, but it's great. But then, like, she's stepping on his toes, both literally and figuratively, and it's great because Hiram deserves it. The only person that doesn't is Hermione, who's mayor, and she's just dealing with all this, pretty much all the bullshit. Because her her two family members can't seem to figure it out. But as for, like, Archie actually escaping and all of that it's like it's good that you're gone but also congratulations you're a fugitive now i don't know what the cw's problem is where you know they seem to just really be imprisoning every person that really shouldn't be in prison and it's just not cool stop bringing oliver into this (laughs) (laughs) he okay like i'm not sure if he's gonna break out or not because the advertisement for the next episode did show a riot so there's a chance he might not follow all the rules and getting out and having his due process. But, you know, there's also a good chance that he's going to get out the right way and I'm holding out hope. Okay, so stop picking on him. We're talking about Arrow, guys. <laughs> yeah, just in case you missed that part. We, we tend to do that. I mean... They all know. They all know. That's true. You know, I think we brought me. up Oliver a couple times. <laughs> Except for that, you know, the couple of people who are just like, who's that in Riverdale? Oliver... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going crazy y'all it's, it's a different I, show sorry <laughs> but yeah no I get what you're saying about um like that's kind of a not so smart move like yeah this seems like a great idea let's break out I get why you did it but that was not the correct choice and actually probably pretty stupid um it's really just gonna cause more problems because we all know he's gonna get caught this is Riverdale He's going to get caught. And then yeah. what happens? Yeah, right. And what? He's just, he's hiding out in the bunker, which I guess we'll get to later, like how it connects to the whole G&G thing. But like, yeah, no, he's hiding in the bunker. And then what? He's just going to stay there. So like, I have a question with that. Okay. So obviously Archie is innocent. And if he is proven innocent, what about he's innocent of murder, but he still committed something illegal by breaking out of jail? And right. so, do they, will they count it as, like, his time served? Will they use that as, like, you know, you were wrongfully prison- in prison, so we're just going to call it a day? Or... Yeah, it would, de- it would depend on, um... on the so DA, if, I guess. If it's all said and done, and they're like, he was, you know, he was mistreated in prison, and that was the motive behind his breakout. Before that, he was doing his best, and he was in prison wrongfully to begin with then yeah they would be like you know you quite honestly he would be the one like Archie could turn around and like sue them for wrongful imprisonment and all this other nonsense so they would probably make a deal saying we'll let all of this go if you let all of this go and then they'll call it a day but like if he was really guilty and he broke out they would add to his sentence yeah that makes sense I know that Veronica said she had hit like a wall with the Innocence Project, but then later on we see Hermione talking about how the Innocence the Innocence Project is like breathing down her neck. And so, do you? I mean, I'm wondering if maybe the Innocence Project is like working on it, and like Veronica just doesn't know because you know they're probably assuming they're not going to tell her everything. She's you know she's not an adult stuff like that, but like the mayor will know because people are always going to be on her. So I think that we might actually see Archie be proven innocent through the Innocence Project, which would be great. Yeah, they didn't really touch up too much upon that, huh? 
They did it. It was like these little tidbits. We know that she was going to start it because she realized it. And then she, she being Veronica. And then Veronica just said it, it's, it was over, which is why she wanted to go and bust him out in the first place. But then we see later that I think I think Her- Hermione mentioned it before Veronica came home from getting Archie out of jail. Because she was, you know, that part where she was screaming at them, which was great because they both deserve that. Not even the both. I'm just glad she screamed at Hiram because he's being a child. But anyways, she mentioned right. it there. So I don't even think uh, Veronica knows about it. They have a lot more storylines going on this season than before. And I have no yeah. idea how it's all going to come together. I hope it's like something big later on. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're only like, what, five episodes in? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh. And they're they're running through this story, whatever these storylines, so quickly. Like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen the rest of the season. This is blowing my. This is like driving me nuts. Driving me nuts. <laughs> um, the farm. Like, they didn't really touch upon that too much either. The last few episodes. Honestly, and I can't believe this, but I completely forgot that the farm was a thing. I mean, I know like the the girl Evelyn. Ever, never these names, but um, like I remember oh, yeah. her. <laughs> I remember her, and I remember all that. But with all everything going on with like gar- griffins or gargoyles, I just completely the side. But then I'm wondering if going back to some of the stuff that was alluded to, some members are actual griffins and gargoyles, gargoyles players, and that they're with. The, you know, because there's that, I think it was in the preview that we see there is a group with the Gargoyle King, and we're going to see them, and I'm wondering if, you know, it's a lot of the people from the farm, but they don't say anything, because at the same time, um, Alice told them about her time with Griffins and Gargoyles, but no one ever said anything about it, and they all pretended like they've never heard of it before. Yeah. I like my thing is so first of all, who came up with fresh aid, the obvious play on Kool Aid? <laughs> <laughs> and like is I'm just the, like it just it has me so like I mean it's kind of hinting that it's causing the seizures, right? Like is that what's happening? I don't know. Like what is the farm doing? What do they want? Like there's I'm so lost on this storyline. Like I feel like maybe I've overlooked something or missed something because there's so many other things going on and the farm kind of seems to be in the background a little bit yes you know yeah. i feel the same thing because like i remember in the in the beginning when i kept saying like it might tie into sabrina so i thought mm-hmm. at first I thought, like it was something supernatural um but then like you said like what's up with these seizures like it's, it's physical sicknesses and then, like, not only seizures, but they're drinking this fresh aid and they're dying from it. So it's like, okay, clearly it's someone trying to kill them. But at the same time, it's like, I, I just still don't get it because it just feels, it feels like it's it's more unnatural than it is natural. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused too. You're not the only one, Sarah. It makes you feel like you're missing something. Like you have to go back and rewatch because you're like, okay, uh, clearly I missed something between point A and point B. What was it? Like it's just, it hasn't come together yet. So Riverdale is 24 episodes and we've only got gotten up to, you know, episode five. So I think 
they're gonna fast track the G and G storyline, mostly because that's what it seems like. We're going through a lot of G and G. And then I think they're gonna bring in afterwards maybe someone from the farm is the person behind G and G. And so that's why they have the farm in there. But it's also like there's a lot going on. And it's you know, in those movies where they have like all these people and you're seeing all their different stories, and then at the very end you find out they're all like somehow connected through some weird but like really mundane and ordinary way. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. It's, it's like my question of like the gargoyle thing. Like it's just, I I thought it was like a whole, um, what is it? Like it, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was just a guy in a costume at first. Do you think that maybe it comes from like originally the plan to have Sabrina on the CW and then they had planned this out and had already kind of begun filming and stuff do you think that maybe when sabrina got taken to netflix they had to kind of figure out a way to make it less supernatural maybe yeah that's a possibility just because if like if roberto can figure out a way to make it connect without you know what i mean like they probably thought this is really good and they want they wanted this and then they found out sabrina wasn't gonna be on the cw then they probably were like well we still really like this can we figure out a way to keep it and then they're just gonna connect it all later. I can totally see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, like the gargoyle can just like I said, it didn't seem like a man in a costume. I want to see the whole Scooby Doo gang, the river. You know, we kind of had that in the first season with everyone together figuring out who killed out, who killed Jason. So I want oh, yeah. them to like rip the mask off of whoever <laughs> is <laughs> the gargoyle game. Be like those, it's those darn kids. <laughs> well isn't that like what Jughead is trying to do or was was thinking about doing at first before he started getting into the game I think that like it's interesting mm-hmm. because this oh. is the first time we're seeing Jug kind of like lose it but at the same yeah. time like maybe he is doing it the right way because how are you gonna know your opponent without playing you know He's you have probably- to know the game yeah, he's probably in between. Like, he's definitely, like, he has his mindset on, like, trying to find whoever is responsible for this, but at the same time, he is sucked in. That's, it is interesting, though, how um, him and the serpent started getting into it and started playing it. And now, you know, Fangs and um, what's the other one? What's the other guy's name? Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea. I don't know. I forget Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea, Cheryl, and Tony are just, like, all in, like into the game now. So it's like, but is the game, like, is the game, like, controlling them? Because you remember, like, how when Archie was breaking out of prison, Jughead was basically doing that narration of that event. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Narrating exactly to the T, like, what was going on with Archie. But I don't know. I mean, like, Jughead wrote it. But how, obviously, this game is controlling them somehow. How is that possible? I think, so Jughead obviously knew that him playing the campaign would be relevant to um, them getting Archie out. And so, like, and you see that especially because he's, like, in the beginning, he's, like, oh, yes, um, Betty, you gave us, you know, you gave us a quest. And then later at the end of the game, they're, like, okay, so did we win? And he's, like, I don't know yet. And they're, like, what do you mean? You're the game master. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
forgot about that little tidbit. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know yet. And then, you know, you see Archie drop down and he's like, we won. And then it's also terrifying because they were calling him the Red Paladin, but then the warden was calling him the Red Paladin. And it's just like, obviously y'all aren't playing together, but you're still playing the same game. And then you had the whole, the dinner, like the goodbye dinner the warden had for Archie. Mm -hmm. And he, he was like, and like Archie's trying to figure things out. He has no, he's been like behind bars and he has absolutely no idea what G and G is. And he couldn't even like if, if you know if Betty or Riverdale were in there and they started seeing the chalices and started hearing stuff, they were like, "Oh shit, the warden's in it." But you know, Archie is just completely—he's—he's he's in the blind, and it's interesting because the warden is like, "Oh yeah, um, my you know I listened to a higher god or whatever it was he was saying, and it was alluding." And to us, we know he's alluding to the gargoyle king, and like poor Archie's just be like. So are you with, are you being controlled by Hiram or not? Yeah, he's not getting that answer. It's so, it's really weird. And like, and like you were saying, like this goes, it's like more Sabrina territory than Riverdale that things are just happening like this. And it goes into like, is the game hinting that no one has free will? That everyone is just pawns in somebody else's game? And so it gets really weird. And also just this really, really random tidbit. But you were talking about, because you can remember Sweet Pea's name. Yeah, I all of a sudden was like, oh, no, that's my favorite scent. And then I was like, oh, I don't think he would smell like Sweet Pea. And then I was like, <laughs> just all of a sudden smelling like really musky lumberjack. And I was like, oh, dear. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, things are definitely going into, like, some seriously sketchy and dangerous places and i mean like we had jughead bowing down to the gargoyle king and mm-hmm. i don't know about, i don't know about you guys but i was having some serious like ptsd flashbacks to betty doing what the black hood was telling her to do at one point yeah oh that's good maybe they're just paralleling the all the betty and jughead situations yeah. no i mean it's so cool and i mean i think this is the first time we really see Jughead getting like whisked into something, yeah, because we always see him on top, trying trying to get on top of things and trying to figure things out. Like him and Betty are just like the investigative pair, but now he's like too deep into it that he's it's weird to see him out of control. Is what I'm gonna say. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so let's let's step away from the. I guess I don't know if we can step away from the seriousness of it all because. Well, the flashback episode. There, it, it, yeah. it was serious, but I, I just have to talk about this because everybody knows that this is my favorite episode ever of Riverdale. So um, amazing! But I don't. So good. I just, I, it was, it was that episode where I just couldn't stop rewatching it. I think I've, I've, I've seen it at least like ten times now, maybe. If I, if I had more time, I'd probably see more, but. Um, I pretty much like when I when I watched that episode, I pretty much dropped all my other shows, and I've rewatched this episode too many times to where I fell behind on my other shows. So it was that good. Good job, Roberto. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I guess let's let's start with um, maybe talking about like all the eighties vibes of the of it all. Okay, so I'm a firm believer. 
that I was born in the wrong time and that I was supposed to have been born in the 80s because (laughs) it's my favorite time. Like, I, like, constantly growing up, like, for Halloween, I was like, I don't need to be anything scary. I want all these neon colors and to look like I'm in, like, the rocker 80s. Like, I, I love the music of the 80s. I love the movies of the 80s. And I belonged there. So I love every single second of this episode. <laughs> Wait, what year were you born? 92. Oh, okay. I, w- I was born, like, right at the tip of the 80s, like, when it was about to end. So I didn't even get to live it either. So I feel you. <laughs> oh, I'm the youngest. Hello. <laughs> I loved the flashback episode. It was just, I mean, 80s vibes, yes, but Sarah kind of, like, just totally got all of that. Um, it's so insane to me how the kids look just like their parents, and they're, like, their counterparts, and oh they're not even genetically related. That's what's so mind-blowing, and I, I'm in a couple of Riverdale groups on Facebook, and I just love it because everyone was, everyone saw it. And there were people that were posting, like, old pictures of Marisol next to um, Camilla and Camila. She's Hispanic, so it's Camila. Um, <laughs> and so it was just so nice. <laughs> that was like... <laughs> anyway, it was so cool to see them look so insanely like their parents. And I don't know if it's casting or just genuine good luck, but it was awesome. And, like, the outfits were so on point. I mean, I was rocking it. And it's so interesting because, you know, you see all the parents now, and they're all really refined, and they're gorgeous, and they have these awesome, like, outfits and all of that. But it's so interesting to see them in high school where you've got, like, Cheryl has these massive – I mean, not Cheryl, but her mom, Penelope, has these massive braces – You've got, you know, Bookworm, uh, Bookworm, <laughs> Bookworm Hermione, and it's just so interesting to see how they changed, and you see a little bit of how they became who they were. You know, we see, oh, we saw a lot of Penelope's background. That was definitely yeah. interesting. Yeah, we see that, and we see, like, Hermione when she decides to go with Hiram, and how, like, he's always kind of been the same way they called him i think penelope called him a petty criminal and hermione's just like no he's just like a he's an entrepreneur or something like that it was like honey that's like your number one red flag right there yeah (laughs) but you know she made her decision and all of that but it's just interesting to see how the parents went from where they were and like penelope in her own right it was so weird her backstory i mean Number one, I did not know she was adopted. That was weird. And she was that she was at the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy. And then yeah. there's the whole aspect. Yeah. And then there's the whole aspect of like she was adopted by the Blossoms. So that and they asked specifically for their redheaded children and they picked her and they were grooming her to be, you know, um, Clifford's wife. And there's so many things wrong with that outside of the thing of like, you adopted her, so she's she's his sibling, and you're grooming them together to be this, and it's weird, and you're, you know, taking away her voice and her choices, but to me, it's also just like, why would you get a wife for Clifford, but not for his twin? Because maybe his twin doesn't exist, and there's only Clifford. 
I'm still not convinced that he's not, you know, this, this is too many coincidences. I mean, like, how do you have a whole like backstory, but then there's just Clifford for like five seconds too. I love how like the Riverdale groups are always like, why does he never speak? Like either as Jason Blossom or Clifford, he just does not speak. <laughs> but, well, um, it could, I was thinking that too. Like it could be possible that maybe Clifford Blossom never, and his twin, what was his twin's name? I don't remember. But maybe they Rocky. never went to Riverdale Heights either. So you wouldn't really see Clifford's twin having a significant other. But I do like your I do like your theory of the fact that there is no Clifford twin. <laughs> There's just Clifford. It's so weird because not even Cheryl knew about it. Like how do you not know how do you not know about an uncle? Like Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but I could totally see, like, as you mentioned that, like, I could totally see why Penelope is the way she is now, though. But it, it kind of sucks I, that she, whatever she's dealt with, whatever she went through, is that she's putting her own daughter into that. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, she went through all of that, and you see her worry about it all the time. Like, she, she's telling them, she's like, she understands how cruel it is and how horrible it is. But then she gets scared by G&G, and then she's just like, you know what, I'm just going to go into it. But then she forces her own daughter into that same situation without changing it. Yeah. And it's like, your daughter may not have that same scary moment that you did. And so you're just plain being cruel. And the fact that she sent her daughter back to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy after she was raised there and have to... And, like, we all know it is not a good place. Right. So it just... It's just, it's mind-boggling. It is, especially when um, you see, like, in certain parts of last season that Penelope and Hiram are actually working together. So yeah. it's just it's more disturbing now to know what Penelope has gone through and how she was actually, she was kind of a good person. She was a good person. And then she just had to play G&G and it fucking fucked her up. And then it's now not she's even. Like, you can finish your thought. I was waiting for you to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I interrupted you. I feel really bad. I've been talking a lot this time. Maria was on a rant there for a minute. <laughs> I was talking for so long. I was like, whoa, she's mad. <laughs> she was mad. She's feeling some feelings. <laughs> okay, now that we're now that we're still talking about the parent, we might as well just keep going. So, um, any thoughts on the other parents? Like about Fred? Or maybe Alice and FP and their history together. Okay, so Surya covered them singularly, most of them. So (laughs) I, listen, to me, everything about this was completely magical. And I overlooked all of the bad parts or weird parts or um, ranty worthy parts because I was just obsessed with the phallus that we had going on. Yes, like I loved it so much that I would be okay if they did a couple of more flashback episodes. I am. I know that there's a lot of people that aren't really for Phallus, and I don't really care because I absolutely love everything about them, and that's all I have to say. Me too. Like I, even though to be honest, like when I when I was watching this flashback episode, all I thought about was Bughead because it was Lily and Cole playing their their parents but it at the same time it just made it even I don't know for some reason it just made it even more special they just have so much chemistry that it just like it like even even Machen and um Skeet like they have amazing chemistry so 
the fact that they that they did this flashback episode to show that they actually had more history than we were first shown that they had like it's it's, it's amazing i love i loved every part of that palace thing oh god i love it <laughs> oh but but speaking of though like so betty knows now that chick is their child she didn't react to that okay <laughs> she just reacted to the point that they had sex <laughs> it was just like, yeah we all we all ignored it it's fine <laughs> so, so i guess that's maybe that's riverdale way of saying it's not a big deal <laughs> we're done with that now that's, yeah. the, that's what they're saying yeah <laughs> it happened we're gonna let it happen even more <laughs> we had to talk okay. about it we talked about it we're done now <laughs> okay i'm all good with that because that that scene was just amazing oh i wasn't expecting alice to be so head over heels for fp because, like, during, like, nowadays, as as adults, it always seems like FP is holding his little fire, his little candle for Alice. But we see in the flashback, it was all, like, Alice was just head over heels. And she went through this whole description of how in love she was with FP. Well, I think it's just because, like, they, all of them as a whole, like, they were all trying so hard to let go of what they felt and what they dealt with back then. So maybe it's Alice's way of just, like, trying to forget everything that happened. Because remember, like, mm-hmm. last season when um, when Betty and Jughead were doing something and then Alice was like, if she, if Betty ends up, I don't know, I don't remember what she said, if she ends up with the serpents or something like that, he'll, like, she'll have his head. Like, she was saying that to FP. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then um, FP was like, and then she was just saying, like, I don't want to, I don't want her to make the same mistakes that we did. And then FP was just like, they weren't all mistakes. So it's, and you've seen, we've seen Alice so guarded. Like that's how she yeah. was just to us at least until this flashback episode. So maybe, you know, all of them did a 180. So maybe that was her 180. Like she just, Motherhood. she's just so, yeah, she doesn't want to think about the past. She wanted to, that's why she, she went with Hal. She, she gave up the serpents, you know, all that stuff. Like she really just, changed herself completely physically mentally just so she could forget about everything that happened that's my take on it g and g really fucked him up didn't it yeah like that that's the thing like the g and g really fucked them up i mean murder does that yeah yeah (laughs) like that's what i wanted to like what like who see that and that's another thing too it's like the gargoyle thing of years back then so it's like who is this thing who is this king like why who is why are they killing these kids um but we can talk about the other parents too like fred and hermione the fact that they that was kind of cute they ended up together i wish they showed a little bit more of that Um, oh you said fred and hermione i thought you said fp and hermione oh them too (laughs) no we don't talk about them (laughs) (laughs) Fred and Hermione were cute they didn't exist they didn't exist in my happy no they didn't exist in my happy watching world that didn't happen I've lost it out (laughs) well in a way I I, okay I just want to say this though for FP and Hermione I feel like it was like a sweet parallel to Veronica and Jughead how I feel like that's just their way of saying Veronica and Jughead can never happen and will never happen FP and Hermione will never happen as well, like kind of thing. Like I felt like that was that was a thing 
with the parents in general, like with FP and Hermione, like they they just never happen and neither will their kids with like mm-hmm. Fred and Alice. You know, they had like that moment and I feel like that's kind of sorry well, sorry Barchi fans, but I feel like that's just what they're trying to say. Like it's it's a it's a flame that ignited for a second that it just it now it's out and you know, it's just not I don't I don't know if it's ever really gonna be relived again kind of thing. Um, it's one of the things we talked about like in our like previous episodes like I feel like they've really established the ships now that they they don't really want to veer off of that at the moment at least maybe it was kind of their way of saying that I'm getting lost I'm... on my own <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad Hermione chose Hiram over Fred like they were so much more organic Fred and you... Hermione oh wait what you you're glad that I'm like I'm upset that Hermione chose Hiram instead of Fred. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she and Fred were so cute and organic and Fred is such a good person and like from the get go, like I said before, we know Hiram is a bad egg. Right. And it's just so weird, but I'd we don't see any of how I'd be on board for Hermione and Fred. I'd be on board for that. And it could still happen, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like like I said, I wish they touched a little bit more upon that um, rather than focusing. I mean, I'm not complaining, actually. Focusing I was going to say, but, how dare you? Yeah, no, I'm not, like I said, I'm not complaining. <laughs> but I wish they spent like at least like maybe just like another few minutes on how Fred and Hermione came about. Like we saw a little bit of it. Like, how, like Hermione obviously felt bad for Fred. Um, but I wish that that look that KJ made um, when when Hermione touched his leg, when Hermione touched Fred's leg, like, I wish that look was more, I'm looking at you and, like, I feel your sympathy kind of thing, rather than looking down. Like, that was a big thing to me. Like, his his facial reactions wasn't really towards Hermione, it was just more towards feeling sorry for himself kind of thing. So I kind of wish that he and Hermione had more of, like, a an eye-to-eye rather than him looking down at himself that at least I would have felt a little bit more of like that connection because then when they started doing like the pair quest with the um mm-hmm. with the wedding and everything it did and then all of a sudden they look at each other or like it was kind of like oh I wish they did touch upon that a little bit more because where did that come from kind of thing um but that's just maybe it's just me I don't know but like I said I'm down for Fred and Hermione I kind of I want them to happen at some point too and then it's just Riverdale's way of saying, fuck it. Like, parents and the kids can be together. Who fucking cares? I'm all for it. And it's not like they've been raised together since they were toddlers or infants. I mean, they, in a way, they kind of have, you know, because they live in the same town. But, like, they, you know, if they want to get together in their late teens and their parents want to get together, cool. Power to them. Have at it. We're all about the love. Right. I Last but not least, to touch upon... Sierra and Tommy and the fact that they were actually together back then I didn't expect that it was so cute but it was so sad I know I I just love that it was a scandal though like in the first season like oh my god like they they're not they're having an affair but it turned out yeah. to be like high school sweethearts this whole time Ah, oh, so that's, that's heartbreaking it brought me down from stuff. my phallus cloud so I ignored it <laughs> They're getting married now. It's okay. I don't think just 
he and and um what's his name kevin are that happy about it i think they're just weirded out they're definitely just weirded out but they're and i think they try to ask their parents about it but they were like yeah we were we didn't really hang out in high school it's like no y'all had an epic romance but then someone went to the military and then someone couldn't keep it in her pants found someone else and y'all ruined it and now you're both divorced and looky here gonna get married in 2018 or 19 i guess oh that's riverdale for you (laughs) that's riverdale it's our new catchphrase catchphrase. (laughs) all right let's talk about g and g guys and um or at least how G and G came about in the flashback episode, like how it was all introduced. Um, so it looks like it's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons. Have you guys ever played that? No. Yes, and I have, and I'm unashamed to admit it. Yeah. But I will also admit that G and G is way more terrifying, and it doesn't look any <laughs> as fun as D and D. And I will pick D and D any day. I do not like <laughs> this Riverdale version of it. I know. Me too. So, like. Syria, you don't have to worry about having chalices that have fresh aid that'll kill you for D&D. Or, or so, make you have seizures, you know? <laughs> I think you'll be safe when you play D&D. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. nobody has chalices with fresh aid. I mean, don't but, get me wrong. D&D can get pretty real. This but is not, true. Not quite that real. <laughs> the Riverdale should, like, release their own, like, PG copy of G&G. Where, like, you don't drink a cup of cyanide or whatever type of poison it is. You just drink, like, this really disgusting drink. You know when you're kids and Kool-Aid. you do you that? Kool-Aid. No, you just, okay, wait, wait. You can have, like, two cups of Kool-Aid. But then you know how, like, when you're kids and you're, I mean, we used to do this a lot when I was a kid. We would go to a restaurant. We would stuff everything we could we could think of that tasted bad into one drink. And then somebody had to drink it. And yep, so you could just yep. do that. You could just have two things of Kool-Aid, and then the person that's supposed to quote-unquote die or ascend can just have, I don't know, Kool-Aid with, like, pepper and, like, salt and, like, every disgusting thing. And you wouldn't tell because it's blue. You're not making me want to play that game. That's not helping. (laughs) It sounds like King's Cup to me. Have you guys, like, that alcoholic drink where you just, like, put a ton of shit, like, into one cup, and whoever loses that game fucking has to drink it. Like, that's Ooh, exactly- no, I have not played. <laughs> that's exactly what you just described me, and I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But it looked fun, though. Like as as much as scary as it was, it looked like I love the fact that the like that the parents got together in detention, totally Breakfast Club, and just found this game and started playing it, and that's how they became friends. Like. In the end, in a way, it was it was cool. Ah, uh, the Breakfast Club parallels. Listen, the Breakfast Club was my favorite movie ever. I still watch it all the time. Yes, it's so and good. The fact that Anthony Michael Hall was yes. in is in the episode was the best. What if he's the Gargoyle King? No, sorry. Why do you have to ruin it? Sorry, but like, think about it. Like, he he knew the kids were there in detention, and he knew that you know at least Alice would want to open up, you know, the confiscated games, so he could have planted it. And like, no one knows who planned the ascension party. Okay, but he'd have to be old now, and he's not. 
Yeah. And he died. We saw his body. Did he? Oh, you guys ruined everything. <laughs> I didn't do it. Okay, fine. Sorry, I ruined everything. Ruined it. Oh, that's not fair. There's no one for me to point it to. <laughs> oh, damn. Riverdale made me do it. There you go. I was going to say Riverdale did it. That's It's Riverdale. It's Riverdale. <laughs> okay. Well, clearly we have a lot more questions than we do answers at this point. So final thoughts, guys. I really like this season. <laughs> that's about yeah. it. I just really like it. <laughs> I think it's my favorite of the three seasons so far. Oh yeah, it's definitely yeah. my favorite. We're only five episodes in, and I'm it's my favorite. Yeah, no, for sure. I personally like. I love the speakeasy. That's yeah, my last random thought. Like, I I completely forgot to mention that earlier. I I love that the idea that Veronica came up with with the speakeasy and everything. And then when it came to life, that one episode, I can't remember which episode it was. It all blends in now. Three, two, whichever one. Um, it, it, oh my God, it looks so fun. It looks so fun. It like brought up like Roaring Twenties vibes. And like this, this season has just been really good at going back time. And it's amazing. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, no one. No, I'm good. That's all I got. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> all right. So I guess that is it for episode four of Sweetwater Project. There's going to be a holiday chilling adventures of Sabrina special that's going to be dropping on Netflix December fourteenth. So we're all excited. We love Serena, as a lot of you guys already know. And once it drops, we'll be making sure to talk about it. So don't forget to watch it. I just want to give a quick shout out to my amazingly talented friend, Corey Celeste, for doing our intro and outro music um, that we always play every episode. So thank you for that. I will have her social handles um, down below, as well as our own um but just in case you guys wanted to hear it now um make sure you follow us on the series regulars.com slash sweetwater pod as well as the series regulars on instagram and the series regs on twitter and then my personal one for both twitter and instagram is christina Sanon. and you can find me on twitter and instagram at sarah underscore jean 17 and you can follow me at suryatarian on twitter and instagram also, special shout out to Christine because, y'all, she lives in Cali and she's been dealing with the smoke from the fires and she's actually been really sick and her voice is, you know, her throat's all messed up, but she's here with us to just make, so like special, absolute shout out to her. And her voice still sounds beautiful as ever. I know. So crazy. Oh, thanks guys. Well, yeah, my voice is back, but I'm so sick, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, well uh, special shout out to you guys for being here so i love you both we love you appreciate you it's a love fest now i love both of you obviously yay all right guys well thank you so much for tuning in as always we will see you next time